Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World Podcast. The topic of this episode is Opportunity Zone Investing has enormous tax advantages, but unfortunately, too few real estate investors are capitalizing on these incredible incentives. Why? What's the holdup? It's been around for almost two years. Why are you not investing in Opportunity Zones? Well, one major reason is because most people don't truly understand it. And also, they don't know how to apply it to their personal investing plans. So in this training, I'm going to simplify it for you. I'm going to dumb it down. I'm going to make it very easy to understand because it truly isn't that complicated. If you want to make it complicated, you can read the IRS publication on the matter. But instead, I'm going to do the KISS principle. I'm going to keep it simple, stupid. By the way, I actually own real estate in Opportunity Zones. So I'm not just talking about this subject. I'm practicing exactly what I'm preaching. Oh, and I have to provide this really lame disclaimer, and that is that I'm not providing you with tax or legal advice in this video because I'm not an attorney or an accountant. There, I said it. Well, actually, what's happening is I'm spending hundreds of dollars per hour to learn from those people so that I can then communicate it to you. All right, let's get started. So why Opportunity Zone Investing? Well, there are no capital gains if you want to sell that property after you've owned it for 10 years. That's a big deal. Although many of you may not be excited about what happens 10 years from now. Maybe your family does. Maybe you are saving up for your kid's college. Maybe you're building your retirement. Maybe you simply are trying to build long-term wealth. There are many reasons why 10 years from now you might want to sell an investment property that you currently have. And if you don't have to pay any capital gains taxes on it then, that is really exciting. But wait, there's more. Here's the instant gratification part. You also get to defer capital gains on recently sold assets, so long as it's been within the last 180 days. So deferring capital gains, that might sound to you like a 1031 exchange. Well, this, this is like a 1031 exchange on steroids, because now you don't have the same restrictions with a 1031 exchange. You have to, one, buy either the same priced or higher priced property than the one you relinquished. Also, you have to relinquish only properties that you've owned at least two years as an investment property. And so you have all these hoops you've got to go through. With this, there aren't any hoops. If there's any capital gain, let's say you're selling a stock, real estate, whatever your asset is, you then, as long as it's built in 180 days, if you pour that into an opportunity zone deal, you get to defer those capital gains. That's truly exciting. Say, for example, what if you're like me and you've been closing some uh, recent flips and they're selling for way more than you expected, right? Maybe you're like one of my apprentices and you just hit a home run and made over six figures net profit on a house flip. I don't know, maybe you timed the stock market perfectly this year. You bought in the middle of March 2020 and now you're getting out now while the getting is good. Maybe that's other assets you sold. You may have some capital gains that you need to figure out what to do with this year. And this, this could be an absolute home run for you because it gives you so much flexibility. So now that you're sold on doing this, how does it work? What's the catch? Well, first and foremost, the property must be located in a Qualified Opportunity Zone, a QOZ. There's an official map, and that map will show you what is and is not in a QOZ. 
Now, some people give me the um, concern, yeah, but Phil, these are areas of that are somewhat depressed in that the government is trying to boost it up by providing this incentive. Well, this map came out a few years ago, pre-COVID. And COVID has changed all kinds of things in real estate, including a huge demand for properties in areas that are a little bit more affordable. Sometimes they're rural, sometimes they are urban. It, 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 this, this is really a mixture of, of all areas. But the key is there's a lot of great opportunities within QOZs. It's not like you're investing necessarily in a bad area. So number one, you gotta be located here. And you might say to yourself, well, Phil, I just looked on your map there that you linked to, and it turns out I already own a property in a QOZ. What do I do then? Well, that's a great segue to the next part of how it works. Your property not only needs to be located in an opportunity zone, it also must be owned by an entity that has a qualified opportunity fund. That sounds scary and fancy. It's not. Relax. This doesn't mean you have to raise some big fund. It doesn't mean you have to file the Security Exchange Commission. Relax. All you have to do is establish an entity to which is going to own the property, which you would do anyways. In fact, I have a video talking about how you should always own real estate in an LLC, not in your personal name, and don't try to get fancy and own it in a trust. That's not nearly as good as an LLC either. Own it in an LLC, and then your LLC needs to file a tax return. And you can either do that if it's if it's taxed as a partnership or if it's taxed as an S-corporation. Many of you, if you've set up LLCs for your investment deals, you've set it up where it's taxed as a sole proprietorship. And so what happens is that is not a separate tax return. It flows to your Schedule C on your personal return. Again, don't worry. This is not complicated. You just reach out to your accountant. They file one simple election document, and that will change it from being taxed as a sole proprietorship to an S corporation. And voila, now you have an entity that files its own tax return. And then what you have to do is you have to include Form 8949 in that tax return because you're self determining that this is a qualified opportunity fund. Does that make sense? Again, it's a tax return with a form 8949 and voila, you're this magical fancy thing called a qualified opportunity fund and you've purchased the property that is located in an opportunity zone and that's how it works. It's really not more any complicated than that. So now you know how it works. You're already sold on the benefits. What should you do about this? Well, you should not simply dive into buying a property in an opportunity zone simply because it's in one and you want to do what I've showed you on this video. You need to do that for other reasons. You need to apply an intelligent investment strategy and this needs to be an icing on the cake. Remember, this is going to be a long-term hold, at least 10 years. So when you have that kind of constraint, it is so critically important you recognize the importance of a high return on investment. All you have to do is spend a couple of hours at an eviction court, which I know it's COVID and they may not be actually holding them right now, but um, you see the kind of pain and anguish that burned out landlords go through when they're dealing with properties that make such little money that they have to do their own evictions because they don't have the money to pay an attorney and they have to go through the garbage of dealing with that. 
So you need to operate in deals that make a whole lot of money so you can withstand the ups and downs and decisions of your life for the next 10 years. I've put together a video on three ways to turn a house into a money-making machine, and that's one of the ways you can do that. But whether or not you go residential or commercial in your long-term investing strategy, you must focus on a high return on investment. That is what's going to make it sustainable. Now, you may be asking me, what's high? Well, high is relative to you. High to me is above 40% cash on cash return. That's right. Those are the kind of returns I get on my long-term holds. But some of y'all might be incredibly ecstatic with a 10% cash-on-cash return. And look, it's, it's not looking down on you if you can only get 10%, but I'm a professional. I've been teaching this for almost two decades. I better be able to get 40% returns on my deals. So this is what you should do. Focus on the strategy you already have in place, but now begin to layer this in. And you don't have to you, know, you don't have to go through the hoops of a 1031 exchange, especially if you've got some capital gains right now this year. All right, y'all. Well, I'm Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com. If you want to learn more about being a real estate investor, I give away my best-selling book, How to Be a Real Estate Investor, for free. And then also, you heard me talk about my apprentices. What I was mentioning is a program that I have where I mentor and my team and I coach we transform complete beginners and we turn them into market-leading real estate professionals. Some of the top real estate investors across North America got their start with me. And if you want to be next, you can apply for my apprentice program. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, if you haven't already seen it, check out that video, Three Ways to Turn a House into a Cash Flowing Machine.